0: Welcome to your Good-A-Day.
1: Our podcast.
0: We're getting much better at this. <laughs> da, 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 da.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. I think it also has to do with how calm I come into recording. That's
0: wonderful. I love it.
1: Well, yeah. It helps to be calm. It does.
0: <sighs> oh, well, share with share with me and us. What's the best thing that happened to you this week?
1: Oh my god, I've had the best week. I've had oh the best gosh. week. So I'm just going to say like three things really fast. Okay. (laughs) One is that Matt and I celebrated our four year anniversary on like just a few days ago over the weekend Mm -hmm. and so many things about about it were so gorgeous and it was all so perfect and I'm so happy and I love him so much. So that's one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you wear your Frenchie
1: dress? I did wear my Frenchie dress. I did for the first time. I took a picture. Um, I'll send it to you. Yes, please. And that happened. And also this week, Matt booked and filmed a commercial and got a meeting with an agent.
0: So good. Which you
1: already know. Uh, But it's so exciting. (laughs) And then I've been doing a little Kundalini yoga set every morning. And this morning, I did 54 frogs without stopping once.
0: Wow. Look at
1: you. Big accomplishment over here at the Fowler household. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I didn't think it was possible for me to do 54 frogs without stopping, so.
0: (laughs) That is definitely, I'm going to celebrate you as I drink my coffee.
1: Yay, celebration. I love it. (gasps) Okay, Sally, what's the best thing that's happened to you this last week?
0: I should have thought of an answer because I don't really have one. Um... Oh, I know. Okay. Uh, Justin and I went to the movies a few nights ago, completely (laughs) like impromptu.
1: I think it's so funny how often your best thing that happened this week was Justin and I went to the movies.
0: (laughs) Look, guys, I love the movies already. I love the dine-in even more. It's It's literally the best thing. Anytime that it happens, it's the best thing. We've actually gone to the movies three times in the last like week and a half. Because we went, we had already gone to the movies that weekend before, and then we went to the movies that night, which part of why it was the best thing was because it's the first time that we've ever done that, that we've ever just been like, hey, do you want to go to a movie instead of like making dinner? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because before, Justin would have to write or work at night after work. But now that he no longer has a nine to five, he works during the day. So we could just do that now. Um, and then last night we went to the movies again. So, so we've seen three movies in the last week and a half, um, which is great. So that's, that's the best thing that's happened to me. I love the movie so much guys. I
1: have to say that impromptu date nights really are the best or not even impromptu date nights, just impromptu dates. Yeah. The other day Matt and I were driving home and we came across the Manhattan bridge and we were driving past, um, Oh boy. Juniors. Uh You know, which is like super famous for their cheesecake. And I've never been there because it's so touristy, but it was like 11 p.m. And I think they're open really late. They are. And we just made this like impulse decision to like pull over and we got french fries and a piece of cheesecake and two decaf coffees at like 11 p.m. And we had the best time. I was like, this is the best date we've ever been on.
0: (laughs) That's so fun. I love juniors. I used to go to tech. So,
1: their cheesecake is good.
0: It's really good. It's like not... It's like you... The hype is worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I like the ambiance in there.
0: Yeah, it's cute. I haven't been in there in a, in, since high school.
1: Well, next time you come <laughs> to visit, let's go to Juniors.
0: Okay, I like it.
1: Okay. Oh,
0: <sighs> oh right. God. Okay. I'm so well, excited.
1: I know. So, <laughs> we're really excited to be recording this episode today because for the first time ever... Our guest is someone who had heard the podcast and reached out to us through our website without knowing us or having any connection to the show. So that feels really, really exciting.
0: <laughs> it is very inc- exciting. I had to mute myself because there's a crazy sound in the background. But that's why I did not react right away, listeners. It's not because I was ignoring Tyler. <laughs> Sally is excited,
1: we promise.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm super jazzed about it. Ah, okay.
1: Oh, all right. So without any further ado, <laughs> welcome, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, ladies. <laughs> oh, my oh, my goodness. We're so excited you're here. Thank yeah. you
0: for having me. Oh. Oh, it's going to be so fun. I know it is. I can feel it. I
1: know. All right, Sally, are you going to take us, take us there?
0: Let's go there. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Sarah, thank you again for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Um, I invite you to close your eyes and take a couple of really delicious deep breaths and to think about where you were a year ago today and everything that was happening. And then let us know in one word how you felt. Scared. Hmm. Hmm. So, Sarah is here because a year ago today, she became sober.
1: Hmm.
0: So, that does...
1: Congratulations, first of all. Thank yeah, you. Totally.
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: Yeah. <laughs> Celebration, just to begin. Like, what? Yes. <laughs> Sarah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. So, tell us more about what what was going on, what, what was up for you. Well, for, there. <laughs>
2: it's, it's been something that, um, I mean, I'm 29 now, so it's, it's not a recent occurrence, so to speak. I became an alcoholic when I was 20 and I've been off and on over the years, um, sort of relapsing and I finally, I had this really bad relapse at the beginning of last year and, I reached a point when I just, I couldn't keep going with it anymore. Mm. So, you know, my whole 20s pretty much were, I wouldn't say wasted because I can, I can use, you know, everything that's happened to me for good. Um, but they've been pretty awful, to be honest.
0: Mm. Wow.
2: You know, some, some really good things have happened to me in them. So, I you know, I'm always looking for the good things. Mm-hmm. but you know they have been difficult and it's about how I use that experience now
1: yeah. mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could paint for us a picture of your last relapse and really help us understand where you were in that moment
2: yeah I was I was a 24-7 drinker by this point Um, I basically i should i live with my boyfriend and i would just i'd wake up at all hours um i would always have drink by my bed i wouldn't or um i wouldn't go out to get any because i couldn't by this point there was no way i could have driven and i i didn't want to put people in that danger um you know i'm not proud to say that i have done that in the past Mm -hmm. um but i was ordering alcohol in I, I'd fallen down the stairs so I could barely walk, um, because I'd gone over on both my ankles. I was bruised because I walked into things mm-hmm. and it, it, it was just that, that, a horrible place of, I needed to, um, I, it was a need to have more.
0: Oh boy. How, I would love to know more about how you were feeling as all of this was happened. Were you even present enough to be feeling anything? Yeah I mean I felt I felt
2: guilty and that's the thing with addiction I found is it's not that I didn't care that I was hurting people. Mm-hmm. It was a case of and it it fueled the, the the worse I felt about what I was doing to other people. It fueled me drinking more, to get rid of that feeling of shame and guilt and try and block it out. So it was just a a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. It was um all those sort of negative the emotions that that sort of destroyed how I was just feeling about myself. A lot of self hatred was going on.
1: Is your boyfriend a big drinker too?
2: No, he, uh, when we met, he, um, he didn't actually know that I was an alcoholic. He knew that I didn't drink because at the time when we met, I was, I was in a dry period Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and it, it was a sort of baptism of fire for him to really Mm -hmm. see it.
1: Oh boy. Yeah. That, that'll test a relationship for sure
2: yeah it's put you know he's he's been absolutely completely supportive throughout this whole thing um he he went with me you know when I needed to get help and he hasn't run away you know a lot of people would have done that
1: Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what it was a year ago today that was different for you you know it's almost like that feeling of the straw that broke the camel's back or just that moment where you said where you said enough like what was it for you that led to that moment
2: for me i knew that i couldn't keep i was tired i was really really tired of going through the same thing every day and i knew that there was something you know better beyond that Um, and i couldn't keep seeing the pain on other people's faces.
1: Mm.
2: It was reaching that complete just surrender point.
1: Ah, mm. oh, I just wanna crawl through the screen and give you such a big hug.
0: Yeah. <laughs> me too. Oh. oh man. What do you think was not what was like different about this time I can't, like, find the words for the energy that I'm feeling. (laughs) Um, But I guess, like, I guess those are the only words that I can use.
1: (laughs) Wait, I think I got it. Great, good. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to tag team ask you questions. This is great. So what you just described of that, you know, not being able to take the look on other people's faces. I would imagine that that's something that you felt before that moment.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, perhaps I knew, I think, I knew there was a way and I knew it, exactly what I had to do to start, but in the past I hadn't, I hadn't been willing to even mm-hmm. look at that and I hadn't known which steps I needed to take. This time I did know and it was a lot easier therefore to take them Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's like I feel like I've had experiences kind of with a similar shift in energy where it's like something you've known kind of for a long time that you needed to handle and then there is just this one moment of like I can no longer pretend like I don't know how to make this better
2: Mm yeah yeah you reach a point it's literally like a crossroads mm-hmm. and you've got or you know a fork in the road you and I had to make a choice that's how I see it now I had a choice to make
1: mm-hmm. can I ask what you felt the alternative choice was if you kept drinking what was that road going to lead to
2: death definitely it would have led me to well either um yeah probably death in one way or another or prison or some institution of some kind
0: wow
1: oh boy i mean i have in the past definitely used and abused alcohol and i can't imagine how challenging it is to feel that you're in, that
2: you're in that deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, something that I found really, I wouldn't say more difficult, because everyone with alcohol, if they've got their struggles, there's, you know, it's, it's bad enough for them. But I found the hardest thing was being young as an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When
0: everyone's like, oh, no, everything's fine. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be getting wasted.
2: <laughs> yeah, when all my friends, you know, were drinking a lot, the difference was how it made me feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. How do you think... What do you think the difference was between what it, how it made you feel versus how it made them feel?
2: I think the difference is that when I had some, I had to have more. Mm-hmm. And other people can have some, yes, they'll get drunk. You know, sometimes they'll have a party and drink too much, but it's not a physical need to have more.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so interesting. I think, um, like how we all choose to navigate any space where the potential for addiction is like higher. Cause I mean, you could be addicted to anything, but, um, you know, like for instance, Justin who doesn't drink at all has never had a drink. Cause he's like, I would become an alcoholic. <laughs> um, and like people who are like that, who I have known, um, versus the people who are like, no, everything's fine. Everything's great. Or people who do abuse it often, but maybe are not at whatever point they feel they would need to be to like consider themselves an alcoholic i don't know it's just um it's just interesting i'm like really present to it right now like how all of us have our own path in navigating something that can be like completely meaningless and could also be just as easily like the worst thing
2: yeah i think um it's become, well, certainly in the Western world, it's so socially acceptable mm-hmm. to use, you know, alcohol that for some people, it it is just as addic- as addictive as, say, heroin. Mm-hmm. But it's not a case of it, you know, ever disappearing out of society.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point too. And I'm sure, like, also because in the uk i mean i guess this is true also in like new york but there's specific places where it's like oh going to the pub that's like what we're gonna do now like oh i'm out of i'm getting out of class and now i'm going to the pub i know like that's what my sister does and now she because she goes to school in london now and she's like they'll get out of class at 11 o'clock and i'll go to the pub and she's (laughs) still like getting used to that (laughs) Like, she's like why are we not going home (laughs) yeah i think i don't know if obviously i'm
2: I haven't ever uh, spent any time in the States, so I'm not sure what it... I think the culture is different, though. It's definitely yeah. a an even stronger drinking culture here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems more normal there, like normalized there.
2: Yeah, there is There's definitely a big problem. <laughs>
0: yeah. Tyler, did you have something to say?
1: I don't know. I am feeling a lot of energy in my body right now.
0: Yeah, I can feel your energy.
1: Yeah. Alcohol's been a big thing for me, you know? And it's like I've gone back and forth. I've used it to cope with, like, massive grief and loss. I've used it to avoid living my life. I've used it to, I think, physically punish myself mm-hmm. <laughs> for being, a, you know like subconsciously thinking I'm a worthless human and drank to not feel that way and then would feel these like terrible hangovers and it's taken me, I think, such a long time to come into a healthy balance with alcohol and it's still a process that I'm navigating and I don't know, I just have a lot going on. I really... Mm -hmm respect you Sarah for the decision that you've made and I think I would love to hear about what happened after you made the decision so you, you made a decision and you're like I'm gonna be sober now starting starting today and and then what
2: um for me uh, I went back to a 12-step program
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I I think that's something that is more spoken about over in in the states than it is here mm. um I'm not completely sure about that you know what the but it seems to be more sort of acceptable more widely spoken about um and for me it's it's the only solution mm.
1: mm-hmm. at the beginning you said that if you had to put it into one word how you were feeling on that day it was scared. Were you scared
2: that you couldn't do it? I was scared I couldn't do it, but I was equally, I was scared of feeling everything I knew I was going to feel and to have to deal with it without anything to numb it. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That was scary.
1: I was listening to a podcast last night by Tara Brock, who's one of my favorite spiritual teachers, and she says this often, but she said it last night, and every time she says it, it really lands with me, and she says, you know, what is it that you're not willing to feel? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because that's where you need to go.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: What were you scared you were going to feel?
2: All the, I think mostly, although it was all the self-hatred, it was all the guilt and shame mm. for what I'd done and the hurt I'd caused people. I, having to feel that I just didn't want to, I didn't want to, that I was just prolonging the fact that I would have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I've really gotten to this point in my life where I often have the thought, like, I either need to deal with this now or I'm going to have to deal with this later. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have to deal with this now or later, whether it's like a sink full of dirty dishes or some big emotional thing that I'm avoiding. And it's like it takes a lot of courage to say, you know what? now i choose now it doesn't take so much courage when it's a sink full of dishes but (laughs) (laughs) i think it does with bigger things
0: that's so interesting i wonder how often we or maybe it's just i uh do that with pleasure too um just because we talk so much about pleasure on this podcast maybe not so much but it comes up Um, but from what we do know, um, or those of us who like read a lot about feelings, um, the whole thing of like, well, when you numb out the bad, you numb out the good too. Uh And, um, and all of that. And so, yeah, I just wonder how often we're like, oh, well, let me just postpone this pleasure.
1: Uh Let me not
0: receive this right now.
1: It's so funny because I think that there's like the practical, not funny, I don't know why I use that word. There's like the practical side of that, which is like, I'm going to save the candles and the nice Uh, china uh uh for fancy dinner, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to, I'm going to light these candles and use the good plates every single time I sit down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's, I think that heavier emotional aspect of it that I think especially can be tied Two experiences of addiction where it's not only that we want to save pleasure for later but it's almost this feeling of like we don't deserve the good things
2: yeah yeah i'd agree with that i think the you know the ups and downs part of getting better has been accepting that to have the happiness and the highs or not not the highs Mm -hmm. in a drug related way yeah but the happiness that means life brings some sadness Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and to feel that happiness, you've got to have, you know, it's got to have both sides of the coin.
1: Mm. Would you say that in this last year, one of the main things you've experienced has been just learning how to feel things?
2: Yeah. How to feel things, how to process what I'm feeling identifying what it is I'm feeling mm-hmm. and yeah, learning what to do with it. Because I, I don't think, you know, as an adult, I've never learned how to deal with feelings. I think mm-hmm.
1: most of us do not learn. Yeah. That. <laughs> I think that's why most of us are doing this kind of like personal growth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like
1: how do we deal with these things called feelings? I don't know. No one ever told me.
0: <laughs> yeah. This also falls in the like camp of things that we knew as children that then we, learned other things. Cause that's just like how little kids will be crying one second. And the next second, they're the happiest kids in the world. And we look at them like, what is wrong with them <laughs> Like <laughs> what, what's happening? And it's like, oh they felt their feeling and now they're moving on.
1: Mm-hmm. Sarah, what has that been like for you over this past year? I would love to hear a little bit maybe about some of the challenges you faced in learning to feel feelings Um, but also
2: maybe some of the triumphs and celebrations. For me, it's been a really huge year in the last 12 months because I'd gone from, um, effectively, I wasn't working at the time and now I'm running my own business Mm -hmm. and it's just making all those decisions. There's so many ups and downs, um, you know, that, and that, that brings a lot of feelings, and it's made me, it's made me just realize that's, you know, it's been quite brave to make decisions like that. Hmm. Um, There's a lot of fear, that um, in fact, yeah, a lot of my life, it, it can be fear, but I choose to act out of a place of faith.
1: Hmm. I love that.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Can you, would you be willing to share with us an example of of a time that you felt you moved from faith rather than fear?
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to think off the, off the top of my head. Um, what, what would be a, a good example is that I've just mentioned that the decision to, to start a business mm-hmm. was a case of I was terrified of all the risks and I basically had to choose to go out and get a nine to five job that really didn't, it didn't excite me. And it actually felt quite stifling.
0: Hmm.
2: Or I could, you know, be my own boss and do what I'd always wanted to do. But that brought risk. And I had to kind of choose between security and kind of happiness and my own well being and I took that because I knew it would be okay somehow Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and if I'd acted out of the place of it's too scary you know I'll stay in my comfort zone because that way I can't get hurt but equally I can get hurt you know it's a case of if it's just which different which different things are going to hurt you you know there's always going to be um positives and negatives and wins and losses in life. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so gorgeous as you're speaking, you know, about you can choose the thing that feels safe and that, you know, even if it feels stifling and not good, you know, talking about going out and getting a nine to five job to sustain yourself that also could easily apply to continuing to drink. Mm
0: -hmm exactly
1: the thing that feels safe, the thing that, you know, even if it doesn't feel good, at least, you know, what it is.
2: Exactly. There's a lot of people, you know, for me, I'll use my example is, um, I will often will put off dealing with a feeling, even though I'm in pain, emotional pain, because being in emotional pain is something I'm used to. So although Mm -hmm. it's, it's painful, it's comfortable, it's mm-hmm. quite a, it, it's a very weird dynamic.
1: Yeah, it's like, I know how to suffer.
2: Yeah.
1: Suffering is something I have got down.
2: <laughs> hmm And when things are actually just going okay, it's like you. I found I'm looking for some, almost like I'm sabotaging, because I, I'm looking for some kind of drama, because I'm not used to things just being okay. hmm
0: <laughs>
1: Mm, Well, I feel like so many people can probably identify with that. Totally. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how many times have I created drama in my own life just because I was a little bored? (laughs) (sighs) So many times. Not recently, though. I've gotten a lot better. Yeah, no, not
0: recently. That's good. That's a nice little uh, reflection there. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I want to know... Hmm. I I have a question forming. It's not quite formed, but it's kind of around like your, your spiritual practice, or maybe it's not something you want to call that, but the things that you do to ground yourself, kind of like touch points as you move through, as you move through the world.
2: I would, I suppose I'll look at, I'm trying to just be a better person. Mm -hmm. So looking at behavior like the way i behave and was that the best thing that i could do in that moment Mm. and it doesn't mean that i'm you know a perfect person because there isn't such thing and i behave in ways that aren't you know the best but it's the the intention that i have to look at that and to try and improve that's the thing that really matters
1: There's something that has been really present for me the last few days around empathy. You know, I think that many people are in a crisis of empathy right now, especially given the political climate um, where we kind of refuse to extend the energy it takes to empathize with someone who's like, quote unquote, on the other side of whatever's going on. Um, But I think that, like, largely that's a reflection of us being unwilling to extend the energy it takes to empathise truly with ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that sounds like the work that you've been doing.
2: Yeah, to be able to actually love yourself is one of the hardest things, to be able to say it's okay to feel like that. You know, it's okay that, that you don't always... You know, okay that you're not perfect, mm-hmm. and to accept that we've got, you know, I've got these, uh, you know, things that are I want to say wrong with me, but like defects because we're that's human. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really liberating to be able to, um, for me, I almost like to see the inner. In a child almost
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know someone who still who still want you know wants the um the affirmation and that's something that i've really had to work on and i'm very much a case of you know kind of like nurture that that part of me
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's so interesting i do the same thing i literally <laughs> like i mean last night even had a situation where i was talking to myself and not out loud but in my head and being like you know what it's okay to be really angry right now it's okay to feel really annoyed like that's not who you are it's just something that you're moving through in this moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's okay you know Mm -hmm. and i think there can be a tendency i guess going back to that lack of empathy to to be like oh I shouldn't be feeling this I should be past this I should be above anger
2: yeah I think there's such a thing in society of how we should be Mm hmm you know we we should act a certain way we should think a certain way we should feel look you know all those things Um, and it it just damages all our Mm self-esteem because when we don't fit into that one mold that's been made for the whole world. We all, you know, always come up lacking. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, you know, really big problems that's going on today. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, especially if everyone's walking around in that same space. Yeah. <laughs> if everyone is walking around being like, I am a total loser. There's something wrong <laughs> with me. There's something <laughs> wrong with me. And we're so busy. <sighs> and have our heads so deep into what's wrong with us that we forget to like, look up and look around and be like, Oh, actually I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not the only one who feels this way.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. What role has community played for you over this last year? And who is your community? Who's your support?
2: Most of my support is in, um, AA and that's actually been fundamental because most of my friends are there now. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, but in terms of like immediate, you know, I've got my family, I'm very lucky to have my family and, um, some friends, um, my boyfriend and his family and everyone kind of knows I'm not that, um, ashamed of it but it took a long time to get there Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh you know the longer it took me to actually just accept that part of me it was just fueling the it was fueling the problem Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because the fact is I didn't want to be what I was or what I am and there was that disconnect inside
1: how did you move closer to and into accepting that?
2: I think that was, I think it's a gradual process. Anything that we have to accept in life, it's not always easy to do just immediately. And for me, it, I believe that it was every drink I had to have or every drink I had was something that was necessary for me to get to that point. I needed every bad experience to get me to the point of saying, this is, you know, what I am, this is who I am, but it doesn't have to define me completely. So what I do next. So
1: it's so big what you've been through.
2: It is big. Um, it There's been a lot of stuff that has been dealt with, and I know there's, you know, it's an ongoing process. Um, but I definitely don't spend my time sitting in self pity.
1: Mm.
2: Not yeah, any, you know, not that. anymore. Um, <laughs> I can tell that from talking to you. <laughs> um, I, I did spend a lot of time in self pity, asking why me. You know, that's something but that held me back from the acceptance and the mm. lack of acceptance kept me in that space
1: mm-hmm.
0: i want to know some of your favorite memories from this past year
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: wow some brilliant memories um i me and my boyfriend are buying a house Ooh. And going through that process has been great. What Well, fun. it's as fun as buying a house can be, you know, with all the stresses. <laughs> um the fact that we're in a position to do that is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now an aunt.
1: Oh.
2: Which, for my first, um, my, my niece was born actually just a couple of weeks ago.
1: Ah, oh. Congratulations. Thank oh you. So fun.
2: <laughs> so... Just um, a lot of brilliant, everything sort of seems to be happening and moving in a direction of as if we've gone through this really bad, dark sort of, well, almost decade. And now mm-hmm. everything is, you know, with hard work and obviously it's not all, you know, fluffy cu- uh, clouds. <laughs> it's just that, you know, it's, there's good things happening.
1: It mm-hmm. sounds like lots of like really gorgeous beginnings. Yeah. yeah,
2: lots of exciting things that you know. Although you can never plan things that I'd like to happen within you know the next few years, and the fact that I believe they're possible now is mm. is um,
0: it's just exciting all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: playing with possibility is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and like really leaning into that and allowing that space to open up
1: Mm. I would love to know I would love to know a little bit about the contrast for you Sarah around possibility Um, like how you felt about the future when you were drinking versus how you're able to feel about the future now that you've been sober for a year in the
2: past my future I didn't look into the future beyond getting the next drink mm-hmm. that's I suppose in a way black and white of it I didn't look into the future and if I did it was just all hazy and black and now all the things that I wanted the big things um before I became an alcoholic say so, like being a mother it's always been a big dream of mine now that that is a possibility it's it's just i can't even put it into words how exciting
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know that is to know that that could actually happen it's sort of um quite mind-blowing
1: mm-hmm. i have this quote coming to mind it's from the tv show the oa which, if you guys haven't watched it yet, I personally thought was just unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but there's this there's this moment where she says, "The future is dark," and then she pauses and she says something along the lines of, "You know, it's just dark in in the sense that you can't see it," and as you're talking. It's so interesting because it's like the future is dark either way a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like, do you choose to be afraid of the dark and to numb out so that you don't even have to acknowledge that the dark is there? Which is, I feel like, how you pretty much described how you were feeling about the future when you were drinking. And definitely describes how I have felt about the future when I was abusing alcohol. Yeah. Um, Or the future is dark, but it's like dark like a dark night when you're outside and you can't see it and there's all this like sense of wonder and expansiveness and possibility
2: because i wouldn't actually want to know Mm. what was what is gonna come Hmm. i wouldn't want to know why is that i think i'd if it's good things, you know, I'd be impatient and bad things (laughs) are going to be bad enough to go through at the time,
1: you know? Um, Yeah, Um, I'm going to think about that when it gets (laughs)
2: through. Yeah, I I think all the things that happen in life, you know, if I'd have known what the last few years have brought, you know, when I was a child, you just wouldn't, you couldn't cope, or I couldn't have coped, you know, knowing what was ahead. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And maybe that's a slightly pessimistic view on it, but I think it's also realistic that it's take it day by day because we also don't know, you know, you could spend ages worrying about something and then, again, not to be negative, but you don't know how long we all have. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to spend my time worrying about something that hasn't happened. Yeah.
1: Amen to that. Um, I'm wondering in AA, do they emphasise... Is there an emphasis on living presently in the present moment?
2: Uh, Yeah. Obviously, that's, it's something that's quite um, private to me. So I don't want to go too far into the, you know, in the actual fellowship. But living in the present moment is, is fundamental.
1: Oh my goodness. I have a question that's uh, percolating. (laughs) (laughs) It feels tender, so that's why I'm taking a little moment. I'm wondering how you relate to the idea of drinking now. Um, If there are still moments when you consider taking a drink even if just for a second and what it's like to experience that and how you move through that
2: I never have an urge to have a drink the a couple of times what has scared me is knowing how easy it would be to drink I don't know if that makes sense like the mm-hmm. it's not that I have wanted to but how physically easy is it to literally reach out you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: and pick up a glass and knowing everything that would do to me it's quite scary it's like this glass of poison it's just sitting you know if you're out with friends for dinner mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a weird concept um but and sometimes what really scares me when i have dreams that i've drunk
1: mm-hmm.
2: um they are really terrifying because they seem real Mm. and it waking up from them is those sort of dreams is yeah it's such a relief but it's also it's I always wake up and my heart's beating really fast Mm. which serves as a good reminder so sometimes they're given to me a a good time
1: I was going to ask I've experienced dreams like that before and when I've experienced dreams in which I'm drunk I'm often also driving which is so scary when to be in that Um, but I'm wondering if if you've like noticed any kind of pattern as to when those dreams show up for you if they're like precipitated by stress or if you've discerned anything about what what tends to bring those on
2: I haven't worked out if there's a pattern or what brings it on I believe um it's it's given to me Mm. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um it I'm not a religious person but whatever my my personal beliefs are around that whole you know spirituality I do believe those sort of dreams are meant to happen mm -hmm. when they happen for a reason and I don't need to know what that is Mm um so I kind of Instead of trying to work out, um, say, what brings them on, I look at, okay, I've had this dream. Um, How is, you know, there's obviously a reason I've had it. Am I not being as diligent or is this like a warning sign, you know, saying you need to explore this area? I just need to examine if there's something deeper going on.
1: Yeah, like what what's requiring my attention
2: right now yeah sometimes i think we can all be and this isn't you know to do with alcohol we can all be get so wrapped up in our daily lives that we occasionally need little signs
0: to say mm-hmm. hang on a minute
2: you need to look at this mm-hmm. sometimes bigger signs than others <laughs> yeah you know it so can have several little signs and then say look this really needs your attention
1: The universe is like, pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention right now. (laughs) Stop ignoring my signs. (laughs) 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 Mm, Gosh, I'm like so in awe of you. I just like the amount of discipline it takes to to not only, you know, adhere to sobriety but also to start a business is like mm-hmm. monumental
2: yeah I, n- I never thought i would i i never dreamt of actually running my own business so it almost snuck up on me <laughs> but um i would if i had dreamt of it you know i, I wouldn't have thought i could mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so where do you get your strength from day in and day out
2: my personal beliefs are in spirituality Mm -hmm. um and you know sometimes that's in other people I know that my personal power you know things a lot of things are out of my control
1: well I'm really deeply honoring you yeah me too it's incredible What's your other than a year of sobriety, which I realize is a huge celebration, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think I'm asking this more out like on a emotional level than a you know like life event kind of way. What's your biggest celebration from this past year?
2: Um. Mm. N- My biggest celebration, I'm trying to pick a moment in, again, to do with business simply because I never thought I could do it Mm. and to be able to face my fears, which I've always run from them in the past. And the fact that this time I didn't, that change in me has been, that's a celebration.
1: Mm. I love that. I think that's Me amazing. Oh. Oh it's interesting because I feel like so much of what you're talking about, I could apply to my own you know, spiritual journey or growth journey or whatever you want to call it, and I think it's fascinating how regardless of the demons that each of us face, the actual internal struggle is often so similar.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Whether it's addiction, well, I guess it's usually addiction to one thing or another. Mm
2: -hmm. I think the fundamental part is not liking ourselves, Mm -hmm. not wanting to feel feelings, but also that really deep part of not liking who we are. Mm
1: -hmm. Sarah, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Mm.
2: Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I believe I've got a kind heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I wouldn't have been able to say that a while ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not because I don't think, you know, I. it's not that I don't think I had a kind heart, but I couldn't say anything nice about myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I'm celebrating you and your kind heart.
2: Thank you. Mm.
1: I love it. I love it so much. Me too. I feel very inspired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel really yummy.
1: What are you most looking forward to in the next year? So one year from now, what what will you be like looking back on?
2: I. Hope to be in my new house, Mm -hmm. and who knows? Maybe something else big might have happened in my relationship.
1: Mm. (laughs) Yes, girl, you and me both.
2: Yeah, (laughs) if the hints are anything to go by, so that would be brilliant,
1: you know. So, men are out there listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, I, I suppose, um, in my personal life and my professional life, you know, um. And then in my recovery life, which is personal life, but it's also kind of, to me, deserves its own category.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited for y- I know. your life. <laughs> <I know>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so am oh. I, for the first time that I could actually say that.
1: Mm. Oh, so good. Mm. I feel that way too, Sarah. I feel like in this past year and a half which is you know kind of when I hit my my point of like alright something's gotta change something's gotta change or I'm gonna die I Mm -hmm. I felt that too Um, not specifically with alcohol but just kind of in the way I was living my whole life and it feels really good to feel excited about the future so I'm really feeling that with you and on your behalf and on behalf of myself and everyone, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the future's looking looking really bright.
2: Yeah, to be able to be excited about the future is just um, about the as we talked about earlier. You know the possibilities to not even though we don't know what's coming up, just to to be you know filled with these possibilities. It's um, it's definitely the way to, to being content for me.
1: Before we wrap up, I want to, I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. And I know I've already asked this, but I'm going to ask it again. A year ago today when you were making the decision to commit to sobriety, what was the thing that you were most scared of?
2: Feeling, yeah, feeling. Everything I knew was about to to hit me. Um. But one thing I've definitely learned that the you know is that the only way forward is through. Mm-hmm. You can't. Well, you can go around it or over it or under it, but at some point you're going to have to properly deal with it, and that means going straight through the heart.
1: I just wanted to come back to that because I think it's so gorgeous because if you're afraid of feeling, you can't feel all the excitement about possibility.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. You shut yourself off from, you know, all the positive associations. Mm
1: -hmm. Ah, so magical.
0: I'm obsessed with all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh.
1: Sally, do you have any more questions?
0: I don't think I do. I just like, I really honor you and celebrate you, Sarah. And I'm so excited about what's, what's in store for you. And yeah. And like now knowing who you are and getting (laughs) to like celebrate with you along the way. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me on.
1: Yeah. Will you come back in a year? (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: absolutely
1: because okay, I want to know I want to know everything we'll put it
0: on the calendar
2: i will start making notes
1: <laughs> <sighs> oh man okay yeah. so Sarah I want to invite you now to close your eyes again and take a couple of really deep gorgeous breaths into this space that you're inhabiting right now And when you're ready, share with us in one word how you're feeling. Calm. (laughs) And if you could go back to a year ago today and speak to yourself directly from the woman that you are today, what would you say to her?
2: I would say, I promise it's going to be okay.
1: Ah. I got to cry. <laughs> I know, me
0: too. I've already cried like 3 times.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know. I cannot adequately adequately express the gratitude that I'm feeling right now, Sarah, for you being here and sharing with us. So, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Sally, what else? What how do we how do we end the show? I forget.
0: Well, <laughs> Sarah, if people want to find you and learn more about your awesome business, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me at wonderlandgraphicdesign.com.
2: Oh, or lovely. If they like like uh, to find lots of pretty images, because I'm all about that, um, follow me on Instagram at wondergraphicdesign. Mm.
1: Oh man, I can't Hi. wait to follow you. I'm going to put yeah. all that in the show notes, so if you're interested, <laughs> you can go follow Sarah. Um, and Sally, where can the people find you on the internet?
0: They can find me at Sally Simply on social media or at SallyMercedes.com or UnmutedExpression.com.
1: Hooray! What about you? I am Tyler Fowler on all the social media, TylerFowler.com. And if you'd like to see anything about our podcast, we are a year ago podcast across all of the platforms. Mm-hmm. um a year ago com and if you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason to share your own story or to send a note to sarah or whatever you can email us at a year ago podcast at com
0: yay and if you like our intro outro music you can follow zina hell z-y-n-a-h-e-l on facebook instagram twitter and soundcloud
1: mm. And what else? Sharing is caring.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has reviewed our podcast on all the platforms, To who has shared our podcast. Um, please keep doing more of that. Um, it really, really helps us get this beautiful message out there and share people's stories.
1: Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we have also just launched our Patreon page, which is somewhere you can go visit to support us with donations.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, so yep, yep, We're really excited about that. And there's lots of juicy rewards there, too. So yeah. go check it out.
0: Become a, a more delicious part of our community.
1: Mm. Ah. All right. Is that everything? I think so. Oh, my gosh. Under an hour. I don't think that's ever happened before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Until next time. Peace out. Bye.